Hello from ABA Annual Meeting 2017 in New York City. I'm Lawrence Coletti. I'm Betsy Anderson. Renee Doplick. Lee DeHines. Richard Field. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. We're continuing our coverage at the ABA annual meeting here in Midtown Manhattan at the Hilton. And I have a very esteemed panel with me today. Got uh, got done presenting at a very interesting uh, uh, CLE session. It, it was titled United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, Why Lawyers Will Play a Key Role. And it was held at the United Nations. So first up, just real quick, how'd it go, everybody? Just a general good, bad? I think there was an excellent panel, a very well-received uh, served our purposes, and the UN was was pleased to see it. I've never been, and I've really wanted to go, so I'm very jealous, but I wasn't able to go this time. But I, I heard it's a beautiful facility. It was great. We were in one of the major conference rooms where some of the, the main uh, uh, negotiations take place. Uh, it worked very well for us. And we're, we were, in a, we're in a translator earphones. It was really uh, very cool. Did Oh, really? Yeah. So they were translating? Oh, that's, that's terrific. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, before we get into uh, uh, sustainable development goals, and I understand that this is a, a, a topic of uh, growing importance, uh, I wanted to just get your bios, uh, let our uh, listeners know who you are, where you work, what, what do you do? And we'll start with Betsy. Sure. I'm Betsy Anderson. I'm the director of the American Bar Association's Rule of Law Initiative, which is the ABA's global legal development project, working in about 50 countries around the world to advance the rule of law. And real quick, just a real quick follow-up, that rule of law means, and this was new to me today, so... Well, the rule of law is, is complex, should be almost instinctive to lawyers what it is. It is a system of laws that are clear and fair, uh, enforced by a judiciary that is independent and advanced by an independent legal profession and ensures access to justice for all citizens maybe especially marginalized citizens. All right. Renee. Renee Doplik. I'm an international lawyer located in Washington, D.C. I serve on the ABA delegation as one of the representatives to the United Nations. Lee. I'm Lee DeHines. I'm a retired uh, environmental lawyer from Atlanta, Georgia. It's my 43rd year practicing environmental law. Uh, former chair of the ABA section of Environment, Energy, and Resources, and for two years chaired the ABA President's Task Force on sustainable development, looking at ways that we could educate lawyers and make them understand what sustainable development is all about. And last but not least, Richard. Hi, I'm Richard Field, a lawyer in private practice. I'm coming out of New Jersey, uh, very active in uh, science and technology issues. I had chaired that section in the ABA and international issues. I'm very active at the United Nations, served in a number of capacities uh, through the ABA and otherwise, uh, and I'm uh, uh, spearheading, taking up Lee's uh, uh, work in sustainable development. We'll be working together in how to pull the ABA together and understand sustainable development goals and, and help the UN in its efforts. Okay, so uh, uh, Richard, my first question goes to you. It's a kind of a general synopsis question. Uh, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, why lawyers will play a key role. Can you give us the, the 50,000 foot? The United Nations, in uh, ending in 2015, uh, all the countries of the world in the United Nations agreed on an action plan for the year 2030. And it's called the 2030 Agenda, that by that year, uh, this is how the world could at least ideally look. It covers all sorts of issues. It covers women. It covers corporate ethics. It covers 
uh, income equality. It covers the environment, the oceans. It covers the rule of law, honest governments, partnerships with the private sector, really across the board. And it's a idealized in some way, but an extremely important document that you could look at as the Magna Carta, the Declaration of Independence, uh, that says this is how the world should look. Uh, it, it's 17 discrete goals. Within those goals, there are 169 targets that cover all sorts of issues of quite uh, great importance to, uh, to lawyers. Uh, we found that the, in the United Nations system, this is the talk of the town. We hear nothing but Sustainable Development Goals 2030 agenda everywhere. Within the legal community, you hear very little. Our, our task was to educate the legal community of what's going on here, where the world may be going that they should pay attention to and potentially contribute to. So my understanding is that there's 17 of these goals, uh, just like you were saying, and obviously uh, that covers a, a wide gamut of, of, I guess, social interactions. And so I guess uh, my first uh, my first follow-up to that is obviously United States uh, is looked to as one of the participants, but uh, what are some of the other leading nations in this push for these goals? Well all, well, all 195 member nations of the United Nations unanimously adopted these goals in 2015, as Richard said. And so uh, there's no one country that's leading ahead of any other country. Obviously, the countries in the world that are less developed are looking to the countries that are developed to help them become better developed, to educate, better educate their individuals, raise salaries, raise standard of living, clean their air, clean their water, do all the things they need to survive, keep climate change from overrunning Bangladesh, for example, uh, with sea level rise. And so the countries that are able to control how development occurs in the world need to help all the other countries in the world who are less able to do that. One of the things that's really important about these goals, however, is that they are universal and they do apply to all countries. So whereas in the past, previous development goals focused only on the developing countries, right. mm -hmm. um, these goals apply to us all and really reflect the realization that we all have work to do. Um, different countries have traveled further along one path but and not on another and this is an effort to all work together toward realizing this, uh, this set of goals for 2030. And one of the things the ABA has done through a, a program associated with the World Justice Project is do an environmental law index and a, and a rule of law index of every country in the world to see how they're measuring up to the standards of complying. Every country who's in the UN adopted the goals and every country has the obligation, as Betsy said, to meet all the goals individually by country. And so the thing we were trying to say in the, to the lawyers in the room uh, at the program was, here's a role a lawyer can play in your country. What are you doing to protect the ocean shore if you have an ocean around your country? What are you doing to protect the air? What are you doing to make sure that there's equal pay for men and women doing the same job? What are you doing to keep children from being brought into labor force when it shouldn't be in school instead? So all of those things go to the bottom line of sustainable development, which is making sure the future world has resources and it's clean enough and healthy enough for everybody else to be living in the future. My grandchildren, my grandchildren's grandchildren. Okay, so I mean, they sound they sound very nice, and you know, the United States. This is the way that we live. You know, we try to protect our environment, and we want to make sure that everybody's got. We try uh, to the best of our abilities, make sure everybody's got equal shot in this country. But uh, you know, some nations aren't quite at that same phase of development that we are, and so 
they may want to lean more industrial. So they're, they're saying, you know, we want to create industrial jobs, so the environment's not as important to us. And where I'm going with this is, what is the incentive for other nations to follow these goals? One is they've all agreed. So there, a large part of what the United Nations does in this area is moral suasion. It's, uh, you know, you agreed to this, uh, now what are you going to do? And they are very good at this. You know, let's keep, let's have a list from A to Z of who's doing the best on this and who's doing the worst. Uh, not every country treats every one of these goals and targets with equal importance. Obviously, the U.S. thinks some are much more important. Some it might tend not to want to to do much on. And, and that's exactly the same thing with other countries, and they may be different sets. But each one is being persuaded to some degree to take it somewhat seriously. And in fact, there are many countries, you'd be surprised, that are taking these goals, and they've set up commissions in their country, in their federal governments. We want a 2030 agenda. We're going to follow a lot of this. Uh, many countries take this far more seriously and immediately than the U.S. does. Uh, but it's... Uh, it's a set of aspirational goals, uh, but the UN has a way and the countries of the world have a way to say, you know, what are you doing here? Are your women as equal as they should be? Are you, is your income inequality worse than all the other countries? And over time, that has an effect. So I want to get into a little bit more specific. So uh, income inequality and uh, women, women's rights internationally. Let, let, let's dive into that. What goals, you know, one through 17 are, are handling that? So we can start with goal number five, which looks specifically at gender equality. And the ABA has been very active at looking at ending legal discrimination, diversity and inclusiveness. One of its international projects is one that empowers women's rights. It's called Empower. And that is also a way that we provide technical assistance, capacity building, and educational programs around the world. That's also supported by the work that's done by the ABA Rule of Law Initiative to advance women's rights and practical assistance in the field. Well, and another example uh, along the same lines is Goal 8, which talks about let's put an end to slavery, labor trafficking, child labor. So if you are, for example, I talked in the conference about the fact that Apple, Microsoft, Verizon all have supplier codes. They don't want any product, any part of the products that they sell to the public to have child labor involved, to have forced labor involved, to have labor trafficking involved, to have people being not paid a living wage, to have living in squalor when they're making the product that you and I are using today in our nice life here in the United States. So the idea behind the goal is, what can we go do about it? The ABA has adopted some principles at, at one of these meetings like this, at a House of Delegates resolution, passed on model principles for suppliers to meet, to prevent child labor, to prevent human trafficking in labor situations. And so we have a whole task force in the ABA working on that. So that's the way you get lawyers involved in doing things that, that are embedded in the goals. And you come back around and say, okay, we've done work to educate the lawyers, but we're never done until everybody's got a healthy life, clean air to breathe, water, clean water to drink, and a roof over their heads. There was goal, the goal on poverty you mentioned. That's 1.1. That's their number, their, their first one in their list. Uh, and it says that by 2030, the goal is to eradicate extreme poverty for all people everywhere. And they measure that by uh, uh, people living on less than $1.25 a day. Now, you may think, well, that's impossible to eliminate that. But in 20, 
in the year 2000, they had a goal for the year 2015 in, in a previous set of smaller goals, which was to cut in half the number of people who lived in extreme poverty, and they accomplished that. Uh, and, and part of the reason they accomplished it is China had such a great economic boom that it alone allowed more than half the people in the world uh, to, to move above that $1.25 a day poverty line. And this is an ambitious goal, but China is extremely proud that it had that role in it. And I think countries of the world will be proud as well that if they can accomplish this. But it's, a, it's a, not an easy goal, and there's a number of others along that line in that goal number one, which is eliminating you know, poverty to some degree. And if I can just focus on the goal that perhaps is most interesting to lawyers is goal 16, which is the goal that's focused on uh, peace and justice. And within goal 16, there are a number of targets that might be particularly relevant to women and to realizing women's rights. So 16.1 is to significantly reduce all forms of violence and related deaths um, everywhere. And so that, of course, uh, can be a vehicle for us to address uh, violence against women. Similarly, 16.3 includes access to justice. In many places around the world, women have a particular difficult time accessing the legal system. And so that goal is an opportunity for us lawyers and others to think about how to address those barriers to justice for women. And may I suggest, uh, especially the younger lawyers who may be listening, these goals are very encompassing. They sweep across all sorts of areas that may be of interest and expertise to you. But they are a vision that will affect jobs in the future. If you want to get a job in law, uh, look at this. There's, this may be many new areas of where law will open up and provide new opportunities for you. It's not a guarantee that the world will go in this direction. But boy, it's, it's the most comprehensive, consistent vision of the future for 15 years from now. And it's one that if you're looking to get into the workforce, if you're, if you're in the workforce and looking, there's a lot of people who are focused on this. There's a lot of money. There's foundations. There's universities. There's countries, uh, private sector, non-governmental organizations, civil society. Lots of people are focused on these. And uh, if you're looking for work, uh, these kinds of goals are, are a place for you to look and, and to get your mind going. I suggest that it's an uh, excellent opportunity for the future. Yeah, I spoke at the conference yesterday to an individual who is the president of the European Association of Corporate Counsel, which means every general counsel of every major corporation in, through the entirety of Europe are focusing on single development goals and how it affects their business. And he and I then talked about a product they, they're probably going to do, which is to look at supply chain. How do they make their products? How do they ensure that Everything is treated well along the way. The people treated well, the environment treated well, they're properly priced their product. Um, and that's something business is concerned about. Uh, the, you asked a question earlier, this is not a homework project for all 195 countries. Go away and come back by 2030, tell me how you did. The UN has all kinds of metrics in place. They have uh, a conference every other year to see how people are doing, how you measure it, how can we give you help finance, technology, computers, everything you need to do to do this right, the UN is trying to help them do it. They're not going to do it for you, but they'll help you do it. 
So uh, just, I'm curious that when you, you said metrics, my ears perked up. So uh, I just, you know, in terms of metrics, you know, we start, you know, you, you talk about goals, setting goals to, to get closer, but uh, what are some of the more meaningful metrics that we can share with the audience today in terms of these sustainable goals, sustainable development goals? Well, I mean, how clean is the air? How clean is the water? How many women uh, have a job? What is the wages paid to women versus paid to men? Uh, how many jobs there are in a country where people have been educated? How many people go to school and, and go beyond elementary school? All the things that you measure, the more you're educated, the better you understand what needs to be done to make your country a better place to live. You can then aspire perhaps even to be a lawyer and help people in your country then get to court and get their rights protected. So you measure all those kinds of things that are sort of, what's the problem in society? How do we measure where you are now? And where do you go from there? Like Richard talked about a living wage, you know, a certain, certain amount of money. How many people make this much money? How do you measure it in the future? So all those kind of things that measure success from an economic and scientific standpoint. And I'll say for those who care about this, the United Nations took that, that question extremely seriously. Uh, and we mentioned two layers here, the 17 goals and the 169 targets that were under these goals. But in fact, there's a third layer indicators, and indicators are exactly that. The UN has a United Nations Statistical Commission, which was tasked to come up with a way to measure every one of those 169 goals. And there actually are now more than 169 indicators. Many of them were contentious. How do you measure if a country has honest courts? Do you, do you just talk to dissidents or is that too subjective? Is there an objective way to do it? These were hard questions, and the Statistical Commission, with input from a lot of others, including some ABA offshoots, uh, worked to come up with st statistics for how to measure it, and you will be seeing a lot of that in the future. This country is number one on this goal, this target. This country is number 179 on this. Uh, and, uh, and next year, maybe it'll be different. They moved up five. Uh, but they've taken it very seriously, and they're quite interesting. And the reason they took it seriously is because the country who might be listed as number 179 may be disappointed that they are there. And it hurts their reputation internationally. They can't attract business. People don't want to travel there to do tourism. And so how do you get your number up to become a more attractive place? Excellent. Well, wow, you guys have given uh, our audience quite a bit to think about here. And so we're running short on time, but I did want to ask one more question. And that's uh, for some contact information. If our listeners, they want to get involved, Richard, you're so passionate about it. And uh, they want to get involved. How can they find you and uh, reach out? So, Richard, uh, why don't we start with you? Well, you're welcome to email me. Uh, and my email is field, F-I-E-L-D, at pipeline.com. And Lee? For me, go to my Twitter Hashtag Laddie, L-A-D-D-Y, the number three, Laddie three. Excellent. Edward A. You can find me on Twitter at Doplick, and you can find me, Betsy Anderson, at the uh, American Bar Association Rule of Law Initiative, abaroley.org, or on Twitter at Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N, -E -E Betsy, B-E-T-S-Y. Terrific, terrific. Well, we've uh, reached the end of the road for this episode, but I want to thank our guests for joining us and our listeners for tuning in. And if you like what you heard today, please find us and rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. 
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.